Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1980s. All night long. All night. All night. Flashback Friday here on 6.30 Ched Mornings brought to you by Furnace Family. There's our first music montage of the 80s. Boy, some legends in there. Cindy Lauper. Who could forget her? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't hate that montage. There's some good ones in there. Some really good ones. Yeah, of course, Journey wrapping it up. Uh-huh. People are already weighing in on the text line, their memories of the 80s. People love this. Uh, you know, I feel like we can, we can at least agree that the 80s was probably the most tacky decade it was i was trying to think about it just now as the music was playing and it's the word that comes to mind is fake like everything seemed really Mm. put on really you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like there wasn't a lot of real authenticity to it everybody was sort of posing in a way i mean there was some good stuff that came out of it, but it just seemed you're right like tacky fake like people really trying hard big hair big clothes everything was big you know, I think because it was kind of the dawn of like the music video yes. and television was so big and everything was kind of first show. And I feel like that decade was was more image conscious than yeah. any decade that preceded it. And so I think it was it's that it's that it's that kind of like everyone is sort of made to be a spectacle and kind of a caricature of themselves. I think you're it's right. It's all about how you look and how you present yourself, at least from my perception of it. Keep in mind, I was born in 88, you think, so I didn't live through this decade. Do you think part of do you think part of that was maybe because of the TV explosion? Because that's when we started to get MTV totally. yeah, and definitely. all the sports channels, all the news channels. Everything was on TV uh, yes. in the 80s. And I think everyone became aware of what everybody looks like in the 80s more. Yeah, because if you think about like even the 60s and the 70s, I mean, you knew what artists looked like and stuff like that. But you listened to their music. In the 80s, you started watching their music. I mean, you had MTV, you had Much Music, you had 4 O'Clock Rock, all these different shows that were based around music videos. So an artist didn't just have to produce music. Now they had to play a little movie, you know, and uh, some of them did great with it. I mean, Michael Jackson, part of his legacy was built on those remarkable videos that he did. And you're right. It changed the way that I think they approached music in that era. But And I think, you know, Some videos were better than the songs. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, some of them are god-awful, though. When you watch a music video from the 80s now, and you think, what, why was this ever a thing? But I think like, we're, holds so, up. We're, so, <laughs> we're so impacted and persuaded by the things that we see on television that, and like what celebrities are doing, too. And I think that was kind of our first like confrontation as people of, like, this is what celebrities do, so then this is kind of what I do, too. This is how, this is how I dress. This is how I express myself. And so that kind of permeated it just into like regular culture of people wearing crazy things and mm-hmm. kind of going against the grain and wanting to be different and wanting to be outrageous and flamboyant. Like, the style was something really else in the 80s. It was. It was just big. It was it was ridiculous in a lot of ways looking back on it now. I mean, the so hair. What do you, 
what do you remember from the 80s? Where where were you at in the 80s? You know, I feel like this decade isn't so far away that a lot of our listeners, you know, have experience living through it. What were you listening to? What were you doing? Um, we want we want to hear those texts from you. So keep them coming in 780-496-0063. Um, I should remind you, too, that you can go on our website. You can take our Flashback Friday quiz. Oh, yeah. I had the worst, the worst results. What did you get? Quiz. Three out of ten. Chelsea, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man. It was it was not good. I did way better did with the sixties and seventies. Yeah, Morley did pretty good. I did pretty good. I just got the ten. <laughs> okay, Morley. I did guess. I did guess. Congratulations. I did guess on the last one. Uh well, that was the the Microsoft or the Windows question, right? I guessed on the year of that, but that was it. I, I knew the other ones. So. Yeah, I got that one wrong too. I got three wrong, but I only should have got two because my initial reaction to the biggest grossing movie, I knew it. But then I talked myself out of it. And I ended up with eight out of ten instead of, or seven out of ten instead of eight. Well, whatever. You can take it and see if you at least do better than I did. A poor showing this morning. A lot of the, a lot of mine were guesses. <laughs> uh, you're gonna, you're gonna crush the '90s, though. I got that. Oh, feeling. I think so. The '90s and the '10s. Oh yeah, I got those <laughs> decades for sure. Um, Lyle texted me. He says in the '80s, I was working in the oil patch, working tons of hours, making big bucks, driving new cars, and chasing pretty girls. I don't remember much music though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember a lot of the music. Um, lots of listeners weighing in on the music. In the 80s, musicians' looks superseded their talent. There's no doubt totally. about that. Uh, our Canadian canon says the music was fantastic. The sounds are dated, but come on, most of the music was super smart. There was some good music in the 80s. There's no denying it. But it was so influenced by like this new advancing technology and like yeah. and like video games. And so like the synthesizer, like that sort of weird kind of computer sort of sound really I think came into play in a big way in the 80s. Yeah, I think you're right. Things definitely changed. How about movies and TV? Some big, big ones in the 80s there too. Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1980s. Son, your mother asked me to come up here and kill you. Hey, hey, what do you say? Let's be careful out there. I'm Peter Fool! What's going on? It's very complicated. <laughs> I was just explaining why I'm quitting. You're quitting? I knew that. Afternoon, everybody. No! Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? I'll be back. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Bye. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? I feel the need, the need for speed. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. You're talking about some pretty iconic movies there. E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, Back to the Future. And like huge franchises too. Yes, ones that carried on for years, you're right. Oh, I think was was the eighties sort of the start of that idea of like we can do more than one movie on the same with the same characters. Like, yeah, maybe lots of sequels. I don't think of a lot of us sequels that go back to the seventies or the sixties. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't I mean, remember I any Star sequels Wars, in the seventies. No, Star Wars kind of does. Oh yeah, started it started in the, in the late seventies. Yeah, you're right. Okay, but yeah. The, I think the eighties kind of took hold of that idea. Like we can make a lot of money with these beloved characters. Yeah, I hate and they that did. we played ET there because now I'm gonna have nightmares. See, that, 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 that's like my kid. My kid was terrified of ET. How can you be scared of ET? How can you not be scared of ET? 
Have you Easy. seen what he looks like? Yeah, but he's a cute, friendly little alien. Yeah. No, no, that weird long neck. Oh, God. Come on. Touch his finger. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to think about his fingers. Hey, and if we're going to talk about movies from the 1980s, I don't know how this one didn't get into our montage, but the greatest movie of all time came out in 1980. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full <laughs> tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> Oh. The Blues Brothers came out in 1980. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite albums too. I think it came out in the late 70s. Was their briefcase full briefcase of blues, blues which is a phenomenal album. If you, it's, yeah. it's great. John Belushi could sing up a storm. He sure could. Yeah. That is a great movie, though. It's got everything in it. It's got the chase scenes, the action, the dialogue, the music. It has everything in it. <laughs> it does. It's, you know, I, it had a record for a long time as the movie that wrecked the most vehicles. Yeah, and there's just that ending scene. Of that end, the final scene with the cop cars is incredible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. See, for me, when I think of movies in the '80s, I think of like the teen dramas, like Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. That was on this 16. weekend. Yeah, Pretty in and Pink. Like, yeah, those ones that I I think what the '80s did for a lot of different areas was it kind of paved the way of like this is the idea we have. We're going to start in the '80s, and then for the rest of like the next few decades, we kind of just took that formula and ran with it. Like, yeah. Like the like the teen worked, drama with and the yeah and the rom com idea. Like we tried this once, it worked, and now this is this is the formula we use. Which brought us eight Rambo movies and a bunch of Terminator movies. <laughs> <laughs> it just it works. On. It works. Why change it? Um, Morley, what about sports in the eighties? Well, what about when we take a look back at sports, the eighties kind of started with the first one of the the biggest upsets in sports history and it came at Lake Placid in the 1980 Olympics. Mm. Do you remember Al Michaels? You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Of course, the USA beat Russia to win the gold medal at Lake Placid in the Olympics. Uh, the Olympics, a big part of the 80s for, for Canadians. Calgary hosted the Winter Games in 88. Canada only won two silver and three bronze medals in those games, but the infrastructure set the uh, set the table for all the great success we've had at the Winter Olympics since then. And speaking of movies, two major motion pictures came out of the Olympics in 1988, focusing on a couple of unlikely heroes, uh, Eddie the Eagle, the ski jumper, and the Jamaican bobsled team as well. Uh, the 88 Summer Games featured Canada's best and worst moment at the Olympics, all in the same event. The urine sample of Ben Johnson, Canada, athletics 100 meter, was found to contain the metabolites of a banned substance, namely stanozolol. And uh, on October 19th, 1981, it's one of the days I remember because I cried. Here's the 3-1 pitch, and it swung on, fly ball, center field. Dawson going back onto the warning track. Dawson at the wall. That ball is a home run. That ball is out of here, and a home run for Rick Monday, and the Dodger bench clears to congratulate Rick Monday, who has hit a two-out home run here in the ninth inning. And the Dodgers eliminate the Montreal Expos and go on to the World Series. The 80s were great for the pro sports teams in our town. Four Stanley Cups from the Oilers, who played maybe the most entertaining brand of hockey ever. Mm -hmm. More on that coming up later. And the double E finished up the five-in-a-row years with the 80, 81, and 82 Grey Cups. The 81 game against Ottawa was a thriller, down 20. 20 to 1 at the half. They came back to win. Dave Cutler picks up the story from there. Warren Warren didn't start out the way he wanted to start out, start out. and then so uh, we were down 19 to 1 at halftime. And they uh, 
but they put Wilkie in in the middle of the second quarter. We started to move when, and we started to get the pulse of our game back and the rhythm started to come back and we were we were getting back in the game. And but we were down 19 at halftime. Wilkie was walking off the field with Hugh Campbell at halftime. And um, so Hugh told him that uh, he'd be starting the second half. And Wilkie, this was Wilkie's last game. And Wilkie said, no, you got to start Warren in the second half because this is Warren's team now. That was Wilkie. And uh, we ended up getting right back. Uh, it took us to play right at the end of the game. There was six seconds to go on the clock. And they, uh, we ran out onto the field, and Wilkie and I had practiced for 10,000 years about uh, kicking the Grey Cup to win it. And we always used to practice for six seconds to go in the Grey Cup, and there was six seconds on the clock. It says in the official records that it's three seconds. It was six when we went out there. We had practiced that kick probably 10,000 times. It started when Dwayne Mandrusiak came, in 1970, he and I used to practice every day, six seconds to go in the Grey Cup. And we practiced, uh, and when Wilkie and Bob Howes and I were there, we'd always end the practice with six seconds to go in the Grey Cup. And so we ultimately ended up in in, uh, in that game in 82 with six seconds to go in the Grey Cup. We probably practiced it 10,000 times. And that was, honest to God, that's exactly the way we felt. I looked at the ball. Um, I Looked at the ball, we ran off the field. No celebrating, no nothing. I'm guessing there was a celebration afterwards, though, <laughs> Dave. Nice try. Uh, the, uh, the the Grey Cup dynasty came to an end in the 83 season. The next year, the Oilers took over with their dynasty. More on that in 30 minutes. Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1980s. <laughs> memories from the 80s yeah van halen guns and roses throwing a little aerosmith oh my god a little whitney houston there yeah she was huge hey massive there is a fantastic whitney houston documentary on netflix by the way is there that everyone should watch yeah she's fascinating she um she's one of those artists who sort of rose above you know what i mean like some of them sort of like madonna they get that special status i don't know if you call it a diva or what you would but they just become bigger than their music like a yeah just a, a superstar yeah exactly exactly yeah, absolutely that was a nice that was a nice little mix of 80s music because there's i i don't know i i tend to think of like 
weird kind of like new wave Yep. Sort of type sounds when I think of the 80s, when I think of 80s music. But there are some really good ones. A lot of pop. Everything was really like... Yeah. We were all over the place in the 80s. You're right. There was a lot of weird, new agey kind of stuff. There was hair metal. There was some great pop. Rap was just starting to make an impact. You know, I mean, like the early guys, like LL Cool J and, you know, stuff like, like that. DMC. They came Yeah, those were early 80s or mid 80s. So it was starting to emerge. We, you're right. We were all over the place. There was a million different genres that were going big back in the 80s. Yeah, it had some had some good, had some bad, just like every decade. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people texting in, um, and, and we see your texts, we love them, um, about what they remember from the 80s. Someone saying John Lennon was taken yeah. from us in the 80s. Yeah, you're right. 1980. Yeah. So right at the very beginning. Horrible way to start the decade, hey? And most people heard it from Howard Cosell, You're right. right. Monday Night Football. You're absolutely yep. right. Yeah, In October, wasn't it, Morley? I think it was, yes. I think it was. I know it was, it was yeah. I was in high school. It was early in the school year, I remember. Yeah. And, uh, September album, or October, maybe, yeah. That, that, that uh, what was it, Fantasy, something, Double Fantasy album was just going gangbusters. It was huge, he just, yeah. He had just kind of rejuvenated the career. Not that he needed to, but, uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah. And it was just a, a big tragedy. And, and to find out from Howard Cosell was just... Just mind blowing, actually, when you think about it, right? Because you don't get, you didn't get notifications on your phone. No, back then. You just, <laughs> there was you no know, Twitter. If if you weren't watching Monday Night Football or didn't watch the news that night, you wouldn't know about John Lennon no. dying until the next afternoon when the paper when came. You out. got the newspaper. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, but but yeah, the '80s was still one of those decades where everyone was sort of, you know, you everyone was watching the same thing. It was the same sort of phenomenon that everyone was dialed into. So everyone was kind of watching the same shows. There was just a lot more variety, I think, in the 80s. I think you're right. I think, there, yeah, it seemed like, you know, the 60s were pretty, you think of the 60s and one thing comes to mind. 70s, kind of the same thing, but you get to the 80s and it was it was all over the map. Except for yeah. fashion. Something for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was definitely one of the big events of the uh, 1980s. Uh, a horrible way to start the decade. Randy Kilburn takes a look at some of the other news stories that... Shook the world during the decade of the 1980s. Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1980s. Terry Fox started his Marathon of Hope in April of 1980, only to sadly end it four and a half months later after the cancer he was battling had spread. Mount St. Helens erupted in Washington State. Sent ash all the way up to our city. How about this game? Yep, that's how Pac-Man started every time you played it. Pac-Man introduced in 1980. Oh, Canada became our official national anthem that year, too. Locally, in 1980, the Folk Festival was held for the very first time in Gold Bar Park. And the Great Divide waterfall flowed off a high-level bridge for the first time, too. In 81, we were, tell you, riveted to our TV sets watching The Wedding. I, Diana Francis. Hi, Diana Francis. Take the Charles Philip Arthur George. Take the Philip Charles Arthur George. To my wedded husband. To my wedded husband. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. From this day forward. From this day forward. Also in 1981, the AIDS virus was first identified. Here, West Edmonton Mall opened in 81, as did the now long gone Heritage Mall. North America's largest fringe theater festival was first held in Edmonton in 1982, and the first Lotto 649 draw was held that same year. In 1983, the metric system was officially adopted and Microsoft released Word. Locally that year, Manulife Place opened up, making it the tallest building in Edmonton for a long 
long time, and the Convention Center also opened its doors in 83. 1984, India's Prime Minister Indira Gandhi was assassinated. Oh, how about this song? Band-Aid recorded Do They Know It's Christmas in 84, charity single to raise money for famine relief in Ethiopia. First version of Microsoft Windows was released in 85, and the wreck of the Titanic was discovered. In Edmonton in 1985, the first Street Performers Festival took place. Uh, 1986 saw the Chernobyl nuclear reactor explode in the USSR, and the space shuttle Challenger disintegrated after being launched, killing all on board. There was death at West Edmonton Mall, too, when the Mindbender roller coaster malfunctioned. Three people, a woman and two men, died in the accident. A fourth person tossed out of that last car on the Mindbender did survive. On July 31st, 1987, an F4 tornado ripped through several parts of Edmonton as well as Strathcona County, taking 27 lives with it. Also in 87, the Looney was introduced. In 1988, the Soviet Union withdrew its troops from Afghanistan, finally, and the 80s ended with the Berlin Wall being torn down. Pro-democracy protests took place at Tiananmen Square in China as well in 1989, and the Exxon Valdez oil tanker spilled 240,000 barrels of oil off the coast of Alaska. For Flashback Fridays on 6.30 Ched, I'm Randy Kilburn. Thank you, Randy. Wow, what a good recap. Holy. No kidding, hey? You know what struck me? I mean, some major, major news events, but you think about it. He was talking about the computer. The 1980s, I think, is where the computer and the cell phone sort of started to become every day. Not everybody had them, and they weren't everywhere like they are today, obviously, but I think that's when it started to get introduced to something that people were using more and more. Think of where we'd be now without the computer and the cell phone. I mean, that completely changed the world. Yeah, I think, you know, when, when now we're kind of analyzing it, we're kind of talking about it. I really think that the 80s was sort of that decade that's kind of just like laid the groundwork for everything as we sort of know it today. Everything was sort of being tried for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of new things emerging, and uh, mm-hmm. and it, we ended up going in a whole new direction because of it. You, where where would we be without <laughs> cell phones, computers, and yeah? I mean, can't even imagine. Um, this is an interesting text. Um, I don't know who this is from. Um, I think Shelley, um, and she says. I feel like the 80s cleaned up the au natural look of the 60s and the grungy look of the 70s. She says, I graduated in 1988 and I see women's style incorporating masculine things. The shoulder pads, for example. She says, Mm. I wore ties. My kids are surprised that their mom knows how to tie a tie. She says, I wonder if the big hair, for example, was a way of women inserting themselves into areas that were predominantly once male. I remember the look was predominantly preppy, which I still like. Looking back, I realize how it got a little bit out of hand. Though. Yeah, it did. She makes she makes a good point. That sort of like masculine adoption in women's style of like, kind of everyone sort of just wasn't that Madonna the rules. Didn't Madonna sort of kick off the 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 ladies wearing men's suits thing? It's a great look, by the way. Gals. I don't know. I don't know if I can if we can credit it to her. Maybe she had a couple of videos where she was dressed up, you know, in, in men's clothing. I remember that for sure. I mean, it was it was it was still a Madonna suit, like it had big flared legs and everything like that. But she was wearing a tie, a suit and a tie. Well, she did. I mean, she was kind of towing the line in a lot of different ways, Every right? Way. And kind of like Every bending way. different gender rules. Yeah. I would imagine would be something that yeah, we can. She she probably did. I can't I can't think of that image though. Like I can't imagine her in a suit and tie, but probably I can imagine her in a million other things that were different. Yeah, sometimes in nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> kids in kids in the '80s waited for that first uh, for the next video from Madonna too. When it came out, oh, they yeah. were glued glued to Much Music or MTV waiting to watch. Big controversy. And Dustin, what is she going to do? Lennox wore suits. That's true. She did. Yeah, oh, I was yes. going to say her. Yeah, Annie Lennox. That's very true. Canadian Cannon says, blame Linda Evans on Falcon Crest for the shoulder pads. I never watched. Did you watch any? Morley, you were you were around. Did Dallas. you watch you watch Dallas? I didn't even Dallas, watch that yeah. one. Huge Dallas. Well, that was, that was the original great cliffhanger, right? With yes, who shot yeah. JR. Who shot JR. Do you remember that that summer? That's all anybody talked about. There, there was, was t-shirts. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> exactly. Who shot JR? Yeah. And they managed, and they couldn't do that now. Although Walking Dead did a pretty good job with it, uh, keeping it a secret who got killed by Negan uh, yeah, a few years yeah. ago. But I, I, you couldn't keep that secret now over a, over a season who shot no. uh, somebody on a, on no. a show like that. Yeah, it was incredible that uh, everybody was just just salivating, waiting for the new season to start to find out who shot but JR. We still, but we still feed into that. Like that idea of leaving people hanging is still something that we we love so oh, yeah. much. Like there are blogs dedicated to figuring out, you know, spoilers to TV shows and. And, mm-hmm. and things that we just desperately want the answer to. And I feel like the 80s was the first decade where that kind of was something that we were introduced to. Well, started a bit in the 60s, too, with the Zapruder film. But I, I get what you're saying, yeah. True, yeah, yeah. Sports, you know, more looking back, I feel like I was absolutely blessed to grow up in Edmonton in the 1980s because that was a time that will yep. never be repeated. And uh, uh, never, ever again in any city, I don't think you'll get what we got in the 80s no. when you think about no. it. You know, uh, the football team wrapped up their five in a row with wins, and, and we're still a pretty good team through a lot of the 80s as well. Uh, but the hockey team was was something special. Think about this now. There were seven Hall of Famers that we saw in the 80s. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, that includes Glenn Sather as well, or uh, plus Glenn Sather as well, who's into the Hall of Fame as a builder. Uh, Kevin Lowe, of course, is one of them. And I, I had a, a wonderful conversation with Kevin Lowe a couple of weeks ago about the, basically the entire history of the Oilers. And who better to tell the story than him? First player, first goal. He's been a player. He's been a coach. He's been the GM. He, he now still works uh, for the franchise as well. Uh, uh, he played on all four Oilers Cups in the 80s, and he's a guy who... Who knows what a special group that was? At the end of the day, the, the reason why the team had uh, team success and won championships is because um, the group uh, of those players that you, that you talked about had a great desire to be successful, and and you know, singular success was never in the cards. It was about being the best. You know, every time we hit the ice and to try to continue to you know press, rinse, and repeat, and continue to do that year after year, and. I think that that's really the uniqueness of the Oilers 80s. I guess, you know, there's a couple other teams in history, you know, the Canadians, the great Canadians, that's where players went into that organization and were were weaned on, you know, we are great and we will be great and we have to be great. And I I think that sort of became the motto of of the Oilers organization as well. Uh, particularly in the 80s. August 9th, 1988 is uh, another one of the days you know, in their history that everybody remembers where they are when they first heard it. Uh, you may have heard it a day or two earlier than everybody else, but, but walk me through that time as a player when Wayne Gretzky was traded. Yeah, there, you know, it was a different time. Uh, there wasn't as much um, in terms of the media and and rumors and what have you i mean it was a much more closed door environment in those days so i can't say uh i had any idea that it was happening i mean the, the, we had heard the rumors there was some unrest between wayne and 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 um you know management in terms of his contract uh but that that was not uh, um 
untypical of, I mean, Glenn had, you know, tough negotiations with just about everybody. And, and, and he said, yeah, you know, it would have been tough keeping a team like that together today. I mean, one guy that would have had the best shot at doing it was Glenn because he, he had a way about uh, negotiating contracts and, and, and uh, you know, getting a, getting a good deal, a fair deal for both sides. Uh, at, at, at times these days, I think it's a little, little more one-sided, to be honest, on, 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 the, on the player side. But uh, having said all that, uh, I happened to be on that particular day. Uh, you, you mentioned you remember where you were. I was in, in St. St. John's, Newfoundland with, at Bob Cole's uh, charity golf tournament, uh, actually playing in the same foursome as, as Marty McSorley, who happened to go on that deal. And, and again, remember it like it was yesterday, Marty... Uh, one of the pros of the, from the golf club came out and um, and told Marty he had a call in the clubhouse that he needs to come take right away and uh, you know never thought well maybe Marty got traded or something happened God knows what it is and and by the time we finished our round you could just see that there was something weird going on in and around the clubhouse and and uh, before too long got the word and it was uh, you know the shock for everyone uh, I can't say I was shocked uh, but. But seeing the reaction, you know, nationally, provincially, within the city, and people just in general, I mean, they, I guess uh, the aftershock was 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 more shocking to me than than, than the initial uh, hearing of it. Oh yeah, there was some aftershocks. All right, guys, maybe that is the biggest sports moment in Edmonton, where everyone goes. I know where I, I was when that yeah. happened. I remember when I heard it for the first time. Didn't believe it, but I remember when I heard it for the first time. Yeah, I think that's all anybody talked about for days and days and days and days. It was so, uh, it was a long time before they sorted it out. And then there was, you know, the news conferences here, then the news conferences in L.A., and then the speculation afterwards. It, it turned into a bit of a soap opera, didn't it? <laughs> it sure did, yeah. Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1980s. Oh, yeah, she Watch out, boy. this flashback Friday as we sit and reminisce about the 1980s. Lots of people sending us texts about what they remember from the 80s. Satellite phones, only three stations on the TV. That changed, though. We got more channels as the uh, 80s went on. Maybe in the early 80s, we only had the three. But then we got cable. Yeah, I feel like there was a bit there was a bit more variety by the end of the decade, oh, wasn't there? Oh, absolutely there was, for sure. No doubt about it, yeah. Because we had, uh, here in Edmonton, you had to watch... Um, Spokane stations. That's what we got for NBC and ABC and CBS. We got the Spokane affiliates. Spokane oh. Coeur d'Alene. So for all of, all of us growing up, we, we knew where all their transmitters were and everything. And we watched all these, you know, small market newscasts and everything. It was weird. It was really weird. I don't know why we got Spokane, but that's what we got. It, it, that's very weird. You know what? I, I remember watching, um, like, old episodes of Oprah and seeing spo- commercials from Spokane. 
I don't know. <laughs> why, but that would have been like in the 90s. So I don't know why that was a thing. For a small town, Spokane really had it going on. I mean, it, its reach was wide. <laughs> what do they have? A mattress king and like a. I don't know. Injury lawyer. They had lots. Yeah, they had lots. Yeah, lots Spokane, Coraline. Um, of course, uh, Morley was talking about uh, when uh, Wayne Gretzky got traded and where you were on that day. Some people uh, weighing in on that. JC says, uh, when Lady Di died and when Wayne got traded, both times, I was in Vegas and I immediately went back to the room and ended up listening to the news for hours. Aww. Yeah, I mean, that was a big day. I remember I I was working one of my first ever jobs. I was, you know the Green Shacks at, at yes, City Parks? Yep. I, was a, I was a Green Shack playground leader. So I was at Ritchie uh, Playground when that trade happened. And, and, you know, it was a big deal. I mean, the kids were upset, too. Everybody sort of was affected by it. So we got the sidewalk chalk out, and we went on the pool deck, the waiting pool deck, and we drew a great big number 99. And thanks for the memories, Wayne. And I think it was the journal actually came out and actually took a picture of us all around our little mural. We got in the paper that day. Oh my gosh! Sorry, it was a, I feel it was like a big we're moment. learning so much about how you eventually, you know, ended up becoming a, a news anchor <laughs> today. Yeah, today I was show. I was scheming way back in the eighties. <laughs> no kidding. Um, Stu says uh, that when he found out uh, that Gretzky was traded, he says I was watching cars at the old funeral home on 109th Street when it came over the radio. He says it feels like yesterday. It does. It really does. I mean, it, it sort of came out of the blue, I think, for a lot of people. Like like Morley was saying and Kevin Lowe was saying in, the, in that interview, we didn't have, you know, the NHL insiders and we didn't have the social media and the rumor websites and blah, 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 blah. It was all done a little more quietly. And I, I certainly don't remember any anticipation or rumors or anything like that leading up to it. It came out of the blue for me, I think. Pretty sure. It's a long time ago now. But what year was what year was he traded? Nineteen eighty-eight, okay. August 9th of nineteen eighty-eight. Okay, I don't remember it. I was a month old, but we. I like seeing your texts <laughs> here. <laughs> Where were you, and and do you remember it? Because there are those things that we do remember, even as children. Like there are sometimes there are some things that are so big that even if you're very young, you do remember it. Like I remember where I was when Lady Di died. That was not in the eighties, but. You know, there's some things that just yeah. they do have a big impact on you, and I think yeah, something like Gretzky getting traded, that's going to be one that a lot of a lot of Edmontonians remember. Yeah, we were talking earlier about um, TV and movies, and uh, Dakota sends us text saying, "I remember one of the most beloved Canadian characters of the late '70s and early '80s, the littlest hobo." I'd like to think Aww. he's still traveling the road, helping people. Yeah, that was one of the great Canadian television shows that we all watched. That's the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like Canada's Lassie, basically? Exactly. That's exactly. But uh, Lassie had a, had a family and a home. Littlest Hobo didn't, man. He just roamed the highway, helping whoever needed help. Oh, and so little, was like a little known fact. Dog. Little known fact about the Littlest Hobo, every Friday night you can hear Reed Wilkins play the theme song on his uh, Inside Sports <laughs> show. For some, I don't know how that tradition started, but uh, he plays the theme song every Friday night, I believe. So. <laughs> You can hear that. It's a great the, song, too. A whole, a whole lot of Def Leppard, too, for another 80s throwback. Yes, yeah, exactly. There it is. Down the road, that's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn Brings a tear to your eye. It does, doesn't it? It's such a good show. So he would just go from, like, owner to owner and he didn't have an owner. the country? He was a loner, man. He's- yeah, he basically went around all over the country and said, Timmy's in the well, go help him, you know, and, <laughs> and they went from there. <laughs> yeah, he, he just, he was on his own. He, he, was, would, he was a free spirit. Would that be a show that would catch on today? Well, they'd have to change the name. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it would catch on. I mean, people love dogs. 
especially hero dogs. So it's like you dogs, yeah. Yeah, he was, exactly. He was like German Shepherd, I think, right? Yeah, German Shepherd, husky kind of looking thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cute one. Um, so AMF, I'm saying um, we had three TV stations in. Um, oh, he said we had three TV stations in the 70s. He says by the time we hit the 80s. CBC added one more, CBX FT, bringing French, the French television one. to Edmonton. Yeah. Ooh. I used to watch Bruins games on the French one because they always played the Habs. That was the best part about the French station, right? You could, you could watch the game. Canadians games. So if your team <laughs> was right. playing the Canadians uh, and they weren't, and it wasn't on English TV, if the Leafs were on the English channel, you could you could watch the French channel. I watched a lot of Expos games in French over the 80s, that's for sure. I watched a lot of whole playoff series in French, not having it. Hey, Le I had no idea other than that what was going on. But <laughs> <laughs> Steph said that they had 13 channels. She says the problem was that we had to get up to change them. Oh, I remember that. I remember that, yeah. That was the worst. Now... Now, if you look at your TV, you probably couldn't figure out how to change the channel remote without the remote, right? No, exactly. If the remote's like, gone, the TV is no longer usable. <laughs> <laughs> I think I there's a way, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of people weighing in about Lady Di being here. We've mentioned her a couple of times. She was here in 1983, part of the University Ad Games. That was a big, big event too, Morley. When you talk about sports, we had the Commonwealth Games in '78, and then the University Ad in '83. Yeah. I actually, uh, I was actually uh, volunteering at the uh, University of Alberta radio station at that time. Got to cover the whole thing. It was just cool. fantastic with the the Canadian basketball team with the big upset over Charles Barkley and the and the U.S. team. Uh, you know the the tragedy at the diving the diver, venue. Yeah. Uh, Sergey Sharbashvili. I still remember his name to this day. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a wonderful event to cover with uh, with some, with some great athletes in it for sure. And, and there was about three of us, and we just went we went like. 18 hours a day for uh, the week and a half or two weeks that it went. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be very cool. And that's the event that Lady Di was here for? Yeah, with Charles, I think. Right, Morley? I think for the opening ceremonies. Opening ceremonies, yeah. 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 Did anyone get to meet her? Like, how close of contact would anyone have had? With I her? didn't. So I can't imagine no. anybody else. If I didn't meet I, her, Chelsea, I, who else would? Oh, my I God. don't think she. Yeah, I don't think she held a news conference or anything. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I. But I would love to know, like, if you got like a close-up glimpse or something. Yeah. Like how how close you were. That's a cool memory to have. If anyone in Ched Nation got no kidding, close eh? and personal. Wow. The Pope came here too in the eighties. Oh. Yeah, we had a papal visit. Uh, I don't know, but that's why we have uh, the Basilica downtown now. Did you know that? I learned that back in the day. A Catholic church, cathedral, whatever you want to call it, it can't be called a basilica until the Pope has delivered Mass in it. Oh, really? That's why we have the basilica now on Jasper Avenue, because the Pope's that, been there. That's also why we have the big dove in the River Valley, That's too, exactly right, yeah. From the Pope's visit. That was out cool. of town somewhere, wasn't it, Morley? Where he did a mass out in a farmer's field or something like that, and then they brought yeah, him to the Yeah, I believe city so. After? I believe, if, if memory serves, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. of course, hundreds of thousands wanted in on it, right? Oh, you know, it was massive. He's, he's yeah. the Pope, after all, right? Yeah, exactly. It was a big, big deal. Hey, do you remember one of the, you know, I was going back looking at all the sporting events. There was one major sporting event that never happened that was scheduled for Edmonton. Do you remember that? Mike Tyson and oh, uh, yes. Razor Ruddock. I had They were supposed to, to fight in, in, in 89. In fact, it was this time the of the War. year. I remember going going out to the airport and Mike Tyson's arrival with his entourage and everything, and it lasted about a week. He, they, they took about 100 rooms at the Mayfield. They worked out at the Panther Gym downtown, and then he got sick. And uh, it's weird. Like, I, I, as I told you, I remember Sergey Sharbashvili's name, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> I will never forget I will never forget what Mike Tyson got sick with, too, if you can remember. He got a, a thing called costrochondritis, and, and I don't ribs know why I remember it. Ribs? 
It, yeah, it, it was basically chest pain from, from rib cartilage and stuff. It's basically kind of a, a really bad flu and cough, right? Okay. Uh, but it, fo- it forced the postponement of the fight that was supposed to be, as Don King called it, at the Northfield Coliseum. And, uh, yeah. and, and he said, and he also, remember, do you remember what he called people of Edmonton? Edmontonites? Ed- Edmonites. I feel bad for the Edmonites who will not get to see Mike Tyson fight at the Northfield Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, Don King, what a beauty. Um, we were asking if anybody met Diana. We might have somebody who did. We have Darwin on the line, who was the head of security at the hotel where uh, Lady Di stayed. Darwin, did you get a chance to meet Lady Di? Oh, I met uh, met her and Charles numerous times every day as they uh, came to the, came in and out of the hotel. Wow. Um, it was it was just amazing. Spoke to them. Uh, Every time I ran the elevator up and down for them, and um, quite a quite an interesting time. Was she as lovely as she appeared to be? Oh yes, but she was very she was very timid. Oh yeah, and you know she she never really looked you in the eye, and um, interesting, a very different very different person. Yeah, she always wow. seemed so so kind and so yes. you yes. know just. Yeah, wonderful. I also spent uh, 10 days with <clears throat> Queen Elizabeth and Philip when they were here for the Commonwealth Games. In 78. Was it kind of the same thing where you there yeah. was like minor eye contact and it was sort of just like a very like a distant sort of Oh, the Queen was, no, she, she was very, very different in that respect. Uh, in fact, I have a picture of the Queen and I together and uh, I have a picture of Diane and I together. Cool. Wow. What? That's cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate the wow, call, Darwin. Darwin. That's fascinating. That's right. Yeah, that's amazing. Thanks. Thank you, sir. I imagine that was at the Hotel Mac where they have that big royal suite upstairs, yeah, you would think. Right? Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, think I, wonder, so. I, I wonder if you met Mick Jagger when the Rolling Stones stayed in it. Maybe. Too. Maybe. But was the Mac open? Wasn't the Mac closed for a good chunk of the 80s? I did not know that. Yeah, I think it that was. Does not they, ring a bell with me. Yeah, I think the Hotel McDonald was closed for a while in the 1980s, and then they, you know, there was a discussion of even getting rid of it, and then it came back, oh. and it and it's once again, oh. you know, the premier place in town. But I think for a while, maybe I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was shut down for a while. But where would we have put the Royals? There's nowhere else that they can go. It's Weston. Fancy there. I think the Weston was the other one then. Oh, okay. Marcel from Tofield says, um, Diana and Charles did a, a walk ending at the Edmonton Plaza Hotel. Um, okay, so I guess they were staying at the Plaza. What's the Plaza? The Plaza? I don't know what the Edmonton Plaza Hotel is. I don't even remember that. Okay, well, Marcel says they were staying there, and he says, I reached over a few folks in front, and she kind of brushed my hand. But my mom said I still had to wash my hands after that. <laughs> <laughs> like it or not, you were washing your hands. <laughs> even back then. Oh, lady die. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Well, I love these texts coming in, what you remember from the 80s. Now it's all about what what happened here in Edmonton in the 80s. But, I mean, beyond that, we want to know what you remember. That's what Flashback Friday is all about, Flashback Friday, powered by Furnace Family. And remember, you can go to our show page um, up at 630ched.com, take the quiz, see if you do better than I did. I only got 3 out of 10. Shay got a 7, seven out of 10. Kind of disappointing. Morley uh, aced hello. it. Hello. Yeah, yeah, we'll Ted. get to it. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, they got a perfect score. So. Perfect score. The Edmonton Plaza was on 100th Street. It later became the Westin. Okay. So okay. there you go, yeah. Well, thank you for that clarification. Where Marcel touched Lady Di's hand. <laughs> never washed them again. Amazing. A day he'll remember forever.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.